Well, this weekend is when the church commonly celebrates the Epiphany season by scheduling baptisms. And in fact, we have baptisms in the big church at 9 a.m. And so that's the reason for the readings that we have. All of them engage this idea of God in us, of Holy Spirit upon us, the major distinctive of our belief as Christians. It is our gospel lesson that tells us the origin story of baptism by the Holy Spirit, the way, the actual way that God is in us. So in the time of John, there were many groups who believed in Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, and virtually all of them had some way to relieve themselves of their misdeeds, their sins, so as to be in favor with God once again. Archaeologists have found evidence of many ancient stone-lined water pools created just for this purpose. So imagine, if you will, a community of people who love the Lord God and wish to do right, but because they were human beings, they made mistakes. And so how to get right with God once again? So periodically, they would all line up in front of a set of stairs leading down into a pool of caught water to perform a ceremonial washing. Down they would go into the water, and then up again they would come, but now they were clean before the Lord. So this was the ancient way, happening for centuries before we meet John the Baptist at the River Jordan in our Gospel reading. However, John was now using live water, not caught in a pool, but gliding by in the River Jordan as he baptized. Now, the story doesn't tell us much about the actual ritual that was used. We assume there were not three dunkings in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because we have to wait for Pentecost to have the Holy Spirit join humankind in the way we know today. But we do know that a ritual was performed. And when it came Jesus' turn to be baptized, here we read that the Holy Spirit descended on him and on him alone, and the voice of God was heard by all. This was the inauguration of Jesus' earthly ministry, and from here on out, we've got a very, very good handle on the way ritual and liturgy came together to form the way we now celebrate baptisms. So John the Baptist makes this claim in our reading that while he baptizes with water, Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So already John the Baptist knows something different is coming and it will revolutionize the way the people of God will interact with the divine. So the church teaches that the Holy Spirit is within each one of us. And in our reading, we have a foretaste of how this happens. It's tied directly to John the Baptist's words. See, in John's day, baptisms were very, very common. But it was what happened next, after this day, that was special. 
Instead of just a physical washing, the Holy Spirit was now inaugurated as a vital part of baptism. And the Spirit had and has a particular function. The Holy Spirit, as we know now, cleanses us from our iniquity. The Spirit empowers us to make choices that glorify God, even when, and perhaps especially when, the price of making good choices is particularly high. We recognize that the Holy Spirit is a force beyond measure in our lives, but we also understand that the Holy Spirit is not coercive. Neither is any member of the Trinity coercive, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. So where are we in all of this? We think it important to remember that the Spirit is for humans and not the other way around. Baptism is a sacrament, and like any other sacrament, it's a reminder that we were created by God and that we have within us the image of God and the imprint of God's very hands upon us at our creation. I believe baptism to be crucial in the life of a believer. And I remember almost everything about my own baptism some 45 years on. You see, we're, we're invited to recall that we already were a part of God's family, even before baptism, by virtue of God creating us. Baptism was given to us, equal parts as a remembrance and a call to action, to not be satisfied with mere existence, but to reach further and the simple length of our arms to help others, to find real joy and purpose in getting outside of ourselves, letting our reach actually exceed our grasp in this most holy of endeavors. It seems like when we do this, we can more easily see the hand of God in our own lives. And from my experience, when we manage to let God be God, we're more easily able to see the good found in this world. And Lord knows we need that. And when we do this, let God be God, I think it's just simply easier to discover the Christ in others. Through Jesus' baptism, God dwells not just above us in the heavens, far and remote from us, but actually with us, even in us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. With this gift as our guide, we're called to never live small, but to ever seek a, a large and spirit-filled Lives. This is our call as Christians, as a people of God, as people who are grafted into the community of believers through baptism by the virtue of the Holy Spirit. 
this great power is ours, the same power that created the universe, the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. This is the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we simply have to practice listening and obeying the Holy Spirit within each one of us. The call is for us to simply recognize this and to listen, to watch for the Spirit in our lives and to live big. Have your life honor the one who created it and gave it to you, to us. Be a blessing.